Welcome to the Men's Leadership Network podcast, where each month we're exploring what it means to be a godly leader in our homes, workplaces, and communities. We want to be a resource for men who are seeking spiritual leadership principles so that they live and lead differently in all aspects of their lives. This initiative is not just about reaching, but equipping multipliers for Christ. As always, listen to the end to hear our guest answer our favorite question, what do you want your legacy to be? We hope our conversations will help you answer that question yourself and better equip you to pursue it for the glory of God. Well, hey guys, welcome to Men's Leadership Network. We're so glad you're joining in today and I hope and pray God will speak to you. Uh, We are blessed to have Chase Headley on the podcast today and this guy is an incredible man. Awesome man of God, incredible baseball player. You're going to hear a little bit of his story today. And so, Chase, thanks so much for joining us. Man, thanks for having me. I'm excited to do it. Oh, this is great. Hey, tell us a little bit about your life, kind of where you grew up, your family, your career. Yeah, absolutely. So I was born in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Grew up in a little town called Fountain just outside of there. Uh, Had an older brother, um, two great parents, and, uh, you know, basically grew up playing every sport uh, (laughs) that I could. I just loved to compete. I loved being outside, loved to hunt, loved to fish. Um, you know, so, so that's kind of where I grew up. Um, I'm married. I have a wonderful wife, Casey, uh, have three boys, um, about to be 11, eight and two. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just staying busy with them these days. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then tell us a little bit about how you came to know Christ. Yeah. So, you know, my, I, like I said, I had wonderful family. We were not a family that went to church every Sunday. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was, uh, I had some great friends though in high school that, that, grew up in the church and had a, uh, had my neighbor, John Whitney asked me to come to a, a fellowship of Christian athletes meeting, uh, my freshman year in high school. And, uh, just so happened the meeting that night was on salvation and, and I was saved there. So it was, uh, awesome. I was definitely meant to be there. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of my story of how I came to know Christ. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you went on to play baseball. You went to the University of Tennessee, even. So, tell us a little about that experience. Yeah, it was it was awesome. So, I actually, my freshman year went to a small school in California called University of Pacific, and uh, you know, after I got there, um, I realized really quickly that that was not where I wanted to spend all four years of my uh, <laughs> my college career. We uh, we got beat up pretty pretty good the first uh, the first year. Um, so, fortunately, I was able to get a release, and uh, you know, ended up at University of Tennessee, which uh, you know, was, was an awesome place where I met my wife. Uh, you know, obviously baseball went really well. We went to the college world series, my junior year and, uh, just really fell in love with Tennessee and, and, and Knoxville. Mm. How did you were a great athlete? How'd you choose baseball out of all the other sports? Yeah, it wasn't so much me choosing baseball. It was baseball <laughs> choosing me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I stopped playing football after my freshman year in high school. Um, which was, was really difficult. I, you know, my school was not a baseball school. We were really good, uh, football on track school. So mm-hmm. all my best friends were football players. And my brother was the quarterback for a couple of years before that. And, uh, I was the quarterback for our freshman team, but kind of sense that, you know, it was, it was time to pursue baseball a little mm-hmm. bit more. So switched from, uh, playing three sports to two sports, still played basketball, but, um, yeah, that's, that's it. That's amazing. So what is about baseball that you love? Man, I just love to compete. I, I really do love to compete. I, I'm, you know, to a fault sometimes, but it's it's in, in anything that I do. I like to, you know, to put my best foot forward. So I think baseball, um, you know, I love the mental challenge of it. It's 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 difficult because you can't necessarily just try harder. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where in football and basketball and some of these other sports, I was able to just just you know, when it got tough, you could just stick your nose in the dirt and go a little bit harder. Where baseball. 
sometimes you have to take a step back and, and the harder you push, the worse it gets. So, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, mentally, um, you know, it's, it's just a very challenging sport. So I think that's probably what I enjoyed the most about it. Wow. Is there any moment at university of Tennessee that stands out to you? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, my, my junior year, we, we made it to the college world series. Mm. Unfortunately, we didn't stay very long, but, uh, but yeah, just we went to Georgia Tech. They were the number two team in the country, and and we won a couple games down there. And just you know, there's there's a difference, um, you know, even from pro to to college in the camaraderie you have with the guys. I mean, mm-hmm. you're getting up at you know five thirty in the morning and and lifting and running and doing that, and then all year you work so hard to get there. So that that kind of culminating moment of like, hey, we we reached our goal wow. uh, is a pretty special feeling. Man, that's great. Yeah, so, that's fun. It's good. UT's good in baseball again, too. So. They are. Yeah, it's fun to see them relevant again. It was uh, it was a tough 10 years or so. <laughs> it's fun. That's great. Well, talk about how you got drafted then and then maybe the minors and, and some of that experience. Yeah, so I was fortunate. We had some some other really great players at Tennessee when I was there. We had uh, Luke Kochaver, who ended up being the number one overall pick that year. And wow. J.P. Aaron Sebio was a first-rounder. Julio Bourbon was a first We had – I mean, we just had great players all around the field. And I was not necessarily one of the great players when, uh, when I got there. So, um, you know, I was fortunate to be around those guys. And, and I, I was able to be seen by a bunch of different scouts that I wouldn't have been otherwise just because we had so many great players. But, um, yeah, so was fortunate. Had a great junior year. Uh, we went to Omaha, um, got drafted in the second round by the Padres. And uh, – you know, just kind of went step by step through the minor leagues. It's, uh, you know, the minor leagues are not glorious, um, especially coming from an SEC school. It's almost a step back when you, you know, you walk into some of these old stadiums and you're used to having good food before the game and you're used to have traveling pretty nice. And uh, it is not that way in the minor leagues. So, um, you know, it was it was interesting to kind of to go back to the basics and, uh, you know, have to really really grind your way up to, to make it to where your goal is. Mm. Was that hard? I mean, was the minors tough? It is. It is very difficult. And, and I was fortunate. I, I moved pretty quickly. I was, um, you know, I got called up from double A uh, in 2007 for an injury. Um, but I was only two and a half years after I got drafted, which is relatively quick. Okay. Um, and, and these guys that stick around for five, six, seven, eight years in the minor leagues, man, I tip my cap because it's it's a grind. I mean, uh-huh. you're sitting on a bus for 10 hours at, you know, play a game at seven o'clock and get on the bus at 11 o'clock at night and get into wherever you're going at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning, take a little snooze, and then you're back at the field at one o'clock that afternoon. So wow. um, it, it's it's definitely tricky. And, and obviously the financial side of it isn't very good either. So mm. um, so it, it, it it's a grind for sure. Mm. What was it like when you got that call to, to go oh, to the man. bigs? <laughs> you know, it, it's something that you, it, it's hard to explain because it, it's, it's been a goal for so long. It's something that you worked so hard for. And, mm. um, you know, my experience was, was, was unique because I was, I was in double A at the time. Uh, and I was, I was not in major league camp. Most of the time players, you know, if you have a chance to be called up to the major leagues that year, most of the time you're in major league spring training. I was not in major league spring training. So when I got called up, like, you know, Greg Maddox was pitching the first day. I mean, like these are guys I'd never met, you know, it was, it was incredible. I'd never met anybody on the major league side. So, you know, I'm in San Antonio, Texas playing one day and then, you know, I get called in the office and they're like, Hey, you want to go to Wrigley field and make your big league debut tomorrow? And it was, uh, I mean, it's, it's a dream come true. It really is. Um, You know, it's something, like I said, something that you work your entire life for. And when, when you, 
you know, get to realize that moment, it's, it's pretty special. Wow. I've just so excited. I couldn't even imagine. It is. Yeah. The phone calls and getting to share it with the people that love you and, and have helped you along the way. It's just, uh, it's something that you'll never forget. Oh yeah. Well, in 2012, you had your, your best season, the pros. And how did, how did that go? I mean, how did you put, you keep your faith strong? How did you like adjust from minor leagues to the pros and you yeah. know, even with your faith? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's tough. You know, I, I, just in general, I would say like, you know, f- most athletes somewhat deal with, with an identity crisis, right? I mean, mm. you, if, you, if you make it to uh, even a college-level athlete, you have to put so much into it. And, and there's so much of your identity usually that gets tied up in that because you've, you've put so much in it. And I think, I think all athletes deal with that to some extent. So for me, you know, I remember thinking when I got called up, you know, it was, it, I was always looking for the next step. So it was like, man, when you're in college, it's like, I, you know, if I could just get drafted, everything's going to be great. And then once you get drafted, you know, you start moving your way through the minor leagues and you're like, man, this next level is going to be great. And then you make it to the major leagues and you're like, man, once I get to the major leagues, this is, you know, everything's going to fall in place. And, and really that couldn't be farther from the truth. And you, mm. you just realize that there is nothing that you're going to do or accomplish or stage that you're going to get to, accolade that you're going to win that's going to satisfy you. It just never does. Mm. It, it never does. And I think that was something that I had to um, to really come to grips with because I thought that, like, man, if I can just make it here, like, everything's going to be great. And and not to say that I wasn't blessed and didn't enjoy it and didn't have some wonderful things because of that, but it was never, like, that satisfying, you know, feeling in your soul that, like, man, everything's everything's good now. Like, I did it. I made it. It's it just it just something adds on top. There's there's nothing that's ever going to satisfy you here on earth, and that was probably the biggest lesson that I learned when I first got called up. And even when I had my best year in 2012, it was like, man, this is you know what I was hoping that I always could do, what I I wanted to accomplish. I won a gold glove and I won a silver slugger, and I'm like, man, this is this is what I dreamed of doing. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, well, it's the same thing. Yeah, I feel <laughs> the same way. I just got to get back to work, and uh, I think that's. Uh, you know, that's something that I'd like, you know, men to hear is just yeah. like, man, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the, you know, the financial impact that comes with it, the, the status that comes with it, you know, reaching an incredible goal. None of that's going to be satisfying. Not that they're bad things. It's just, mm. it's not it. You know, yeah. it's not it. Only God can fulfill, you know, that purpose, that sense of being that, you know, that, that I think we all yearn for, yearn for deep down. Yeah. I mean, man, that's powerful right there, Chase, because I think that's every guy, you know, we're always thinking the next promotion, the next job, the next bonus check, and, and then I'm going to be satisfied. And and yet it never does. The world never does. Right. And that's where Christ and Christ alone. Talk about that, because, I mean, man, you had the incredible year and then there were probably some tough years with the Padres. Yeah. But then you get, you know, traded to the Yankees. I mean, of all teams. Right. I mean, that had to be like what I'm going to the Yankees how was that experience yeah it was it was pretty cool um you know it's I mean I I hated the Yankees growing up I think everybody that's not a Yankees fan hates the Yankees um but once you get traded there and you put on that the pinstripes and you walk into Yankee Stadium and and you just think about all the players that have come before you and the uh the expectations and and there's a there's a demand for excellence there and you feel mm. it each and every day that you walk out on the field. And, uh, you know, for me, that was pretty special to be a part of, especially because in San Diego, we just hadn't, we hadn't won. Uh, I'd never been to the playoffs. So, uh, that was, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool to go mm. there and, and get a chance to play, you know, get pretty close to the world series. We didn't quite get there, but, uh, we were one game away in 2017. Uh, 
That was the year the uh, Astros cheated too. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's uh, let's let's pass on that. No, uh, that was yeah. It was uh, that was that was a fun year. We uh, you know being one game away from the World Series and being that close is it's a great experience. But it also you know again it leaves you hungry for more. Yeah, yeah. Well, talk about your faith journey during this time because yeah. I, I mean you said you accepted Christ right at FCA, and I'm so thankful for your neighbor. I mean you still remember his name, yeah. right? Oh yeah, you know, he led you to Christ and and brought you that FCA meeting, but. Where were you spiritually during your baseball career, especially in the in the majors? Yeah, and and this is something that's important for me. You know, I was, um, you know, I I became a Christian when I was a freshman in high school, but I didn't really have a whole lot of noticeable growth um, until college. And really? and the reason was because I didn't really have, you know, anybody disciple me. I didn't have anybody take me under their wing and say, hey, this mm. is this is how you live it out. And and I think that's something that you know. Um, I know as a church is important to us, but as, as men, like we have to be in community. We have to have somebody that we're, you know, that, that's ahead of us in the leadership and as ahead of us in their walk and, and hopefully somebody that's a little bit behind us in our walk. But, yeah. uh, for me, you know, my, you know, my story mm. really started in college when I had, um, athletes in action, uh, Teg Teglar walked with me in, in college. And then through the minor leagues, I had an incredible network of, of teammates and, and chaplains, um, you know, an organization that's really special to me, UPI, mm. uh, Unlimited Potential. Um, they're, they're a baseball ministry. Uh, Mickey Weston, he's taken me under his wing. And it's, it's just been, that's really where my walk started to improve. That's really where my journey um you know, to, to maturity started because it was, it, there was three or four years there where there wasn't a whole lot of noticeable change. Mm. Um, and I, th that, again, that's something that's near and dear to my heart because it's, it's what really helped me, uh, get started in my path. Oh yeah. That's powerful. How did you keep Christ first? And, you know, when you have this great year, 2012, then, you know, all the success you had and then going to the Yankees and, Sure, there were a lot of challenges in the yeah. middle of that, you know. Yeah, there were, and and baseball has an incredible way of uh, <laughs> of humbling you and 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 keeping you uh, keeping you down there. But I think, you know, again, it, it's the people um, okay. having having guys with you. Um, you know, I was fortunate that we had we had a lot of Christians in both San Diego and in New York, and awesome. and guys that that will hold you accountable, and guys that. Um, you know, just that are trying to live the same way because the, one of the biggest challenges um, probably in any pro sports, but in baseball specifically, I mean, a lot of your free time is at, you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night. I mean, you're going to the field at 1 o'clock, you know, in the afternoon, and then you don't get back till 11, 11.30, and, and most of the time you're a little bit wound up. You have, you know, adrenaline. It takes you a while to calm down, and, you know, at midnight there's not often a whole lot of great things to get into. Yeah. So to have mm. some guys that you can – you can hang out with, you know, you can, you can get in the word with, you can talk to, um, you know, even your family. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to connect with your family at that time. Most of the time they're in bed and, you know, if they're not with you, they're, you know, in a different time zone. So, uh, for me, it was always the guys that I had with me that were, were huge impact on my life and helped me kind of stay, you know, try to stay in the lane that I wanted to be in. Mm. And that's so powerful, and I appreciate you saying that because I think for guys, guys tend to isolate, mm. right? You know, and especially uh, men as we, uh, you know, whatever it is in our jobs or travel, you know, a lot of guys travel with their jobs. And, and man, if we don't really protect what we watch, protect, you know, the people we put around us uh, and have that influence in our lives, man, we can go off the rails quick. We sure can. Yeah. And, I mean, that's been – you know, honestly, the hardest part about retirement for me is just not being in that situation anymore. Really? I mean, being with the guys, you know, every day, um, 
you know, it, it, you get used to that and you crave that and you, you know, you take it for granted when you're playing because you're just, that's normal. They're mm -hmm. with you every day. Um, you know, and, and then you come home and you're, you know, most of the time, um, you don't go straight back to work, at least not a normal hour job. So most of your friends who do have normal jobs are gone when you have free time. Mm -hmm. And when the kids come home, you know, you want to spend time with them. So, um, you know, for me, that's been a, a, a big challenge is just, you know, connecting with people when I'm, you know, since I've been done playing that, that, you know, I can have that fellowship with and the relationship with that I had when I was playing. Wow. Yeah. Talk about that because you had this successful career. I mean, wow. I mean, being the majors as long as you were, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Uh, but then all of a sudden life changes, right? Mm -hmm. You retire and it, it, it's a whole different ball game. You know, how have you kept Christ first, even in retirement? Yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, that, that's a great question. Um, you know, one of the things that you take for granted when you're playing is, is you do, you, you have a platform, you have a built-in platform, wow. right? Like mm. it, it is, um, whether you want it or not, you have a platform. And, and that was something that I was thankful for. And I don't, I don't think I took it for granted. I wish sometimes I had, you know, really thought about it even more. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, it was easy. It was easy to have purpose. It was easy to know like, Hey, you know, I can share my testimony. I can talk, I can, you know, go talk to these kids when I'm signing an autograph, I can put a scripture on it. You know, it was just, it was, it was a lot easier. Whereas now it's like, you know, we live on a farm, we're kind of out in the country and it's like, man, who am I impacting? So mm. I, I really have to be deliberate and, and intentional about like, Hey, who, who is it that I can reach? Who, who, who can I be intentional with? Who can, you know, who can I, you know, make sure that I'm pouring into, whereas before it was just kind of a given, you know, mm -hmm. you, you had a chance to, you know, whether it was reporters or it was teammates or it was fans or whatever, it was always right there in front of you. And now, um, you know, it's a little bit more challenging. So, uh, again, just, I think connecting with a church, trying to connect with, um, mm -hmm. you know, some other believers. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's for me, you know, it's kind of the same story. It's just like, man, you got to be in community. Mm. And I love that you say that chase, because I think, uh, a lot of guys we, we look at, you know, man, you were in the majors and, and there's probably so many uh, challenges there to stay strong spiritually and praise God, you had godly people around you, mm -hmm. but it's really strong. It's hard too once you're retired, you know, and you're living a normal life and you're in every day. I mean, you've got to be intentional about putting Christ first, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's more challenging now because before, you know, I, I felt like I had my priorities laid out in front of me. I knew what it took after, you know, after five years, I'm like, Hey man, these are the steps that I have to take daily. And this is what I know. Whereas now it's a little bit different and I'm looking for, you know, I think as a man, I'm looking for like, what is next, mm. what is coming. And, and for me, something that, you know, God has definitely been, uh, you know, has put on my heart is, is just patience. It's mm. like, because I'm like, I want to jump into something. I need something, you know, to, to fill my time to, you know, to, to have a, really, you know, a, a good sense of purpose. And, and, you know, I'm still waiting for that. So yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is. I know that, um, I know what my desire is and that's to, to serve Christ. And, yes. uh, I'm just trusting him that he's going to open the right door that when it's the right time to, to walk through that and, um, you know, to, to move on to the next stage. Man, I love that. Hey, what would you say to guys out there whose sons, you've got, you know, three boys, right? And you, mm -hmm. what would you say to guys who are getting into base or they're coaching baseball, their kids are in baseball. How do you, how do you help them keep the right perspective in, in this season of their lives? Cause we got a lot of dads who are listening to this. Yeah, man. I, you know, first and foremost, I would say like if, if the whole travel ball, the whole, all the, you know, that stuff, it's like, 
I'm not against that, but let's make sure that we have the right priorities. I mm -hmm. think that we can learn a lot through sport. We can learn, you know, our role on a team. We can learn how to deal with adversity. We can do, but if, if our only goal is to go play college baseball or go play whatever, college basketball, pro, whatever, we're missing the boat. We're, mm -hmm. that, that, that's a pretty bad odds that it's going to happen that. So make sure that we, you know, if it, it's, I like to relate it to, to farming. Like if, if, if I plant a corn seed, I'm going to get corn, mm -hmm. right? Like I can't plant, you know, beans and expect corn to come out. So, you know, make sure that you know the seeds that you're planting. If you're planting seed, you know, when they're playing, you know, they're playing baseball, make sure that the goal is right. Make mm -hmm. sure that we're pouring in and saying, hey, I'm trying to develop character. I'm trying to, you know, some of the, the disciplines that come along with sport, I think are, are really important and, and have really helped shape who I am. But it's also dangerous, um, you know, that we, we get the wrong priorities and we we hope that it leads to something when often it's probably not likely that's going to happen mm. how how are you encourage dads to be intentional about that i mean whether it's it's sports or just in a deer stand or how do you yeah. Yeah, how do you encourage dads to have intentional conversations well I, I know for me it's uh you know making sure that that i'm right making mm -hmm. sure i'm spending time in the word making sure that i'm i'm prayerful about mm -hmm. this because it's so easy. And I mean, I go to my son's games and I just get all riled up and fired up. And like, you know, they, you know, they do something that I know that they're capable of doing better. And like inside of me, I'm like, let's go, you know, like, so I think that it, uh, a lot of times it just starts to make sure that our heart is in the right spot and that we're not, uh, we're not kind of living through them. Mm. Uh, but I, I do think that it's important to make sure that they're uh, intentional about who, who they are trying to put their kids with, you know, mm -hmm. make sure if, if they're not coaching, if it's, it's men that, that you would want pouring into your life. And I know it's not always, you know, we, we can't always choose what happens, but you know, if at all possible, if we can surround ourselves with people that, that are going to speak into our children, I think that's, uh, I think that's where it starts. Wow. That's yeah. I, man, I, I couldn't agree more on that. That is so powerful. You know, what are we, what are we really teaching our kids? What are we saying that we value, right? It's where we spend our time, we spend our money, and, you know, are we putting them in spots so that they come to know Christ and they're growing and being discipled and getting them around godly men? Wow. 100%. So and, strong. And it's funny because even, you know, even with my background, like my, my kids, they don't want to hear anything about baseball from me. Like, I'll <laughs> teach, I'll try to go out there and work with them, and they just like, no, like, I don't, your dad, like, you don't know anything about this. And it's, it's funny, so... Um, so I think sometimes, and I know for me too, um, you know, coaching at that age is just not where I'm called to be because I do, I, I, I recognized I did it for one year and I struggled. I was like, I was upset. I was, you know, I expected so much and I wanted the kids to do the best they could all the time. And um, I don't think it was good for, for them or for me. So, um, you know, again, it's just, it starts with getting your heart right and getting yourself around the right people. Mm, that's powerful. Yeah, and I love how you said because, you know, for guys, you know, we're always focused on our kids. Or we're focused on others. But, man, if we're not centered in Christ, mm -hmm. then what are we teaching, right? And so for us, being at church, being in a, you know, a Bible study, a men's group, somehow, I mean, I know the impact it's made in my life. And so it's, yeah, that's a great encouragement. Oh, 100%. And I think even just the the – just seeing the routine, the kids, like they just, un Hey, this is a priority, yeah. right? Like this, you know, obviously the, the act is much more important than the routine, but like, Hey, we're going to make it to church if mm -hmm. we at all can possibly can, or, mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to spend time in the word. We're going to, we're going to spend time in prayer. We're going to do these things. Like when they see that that's a priority for you, I think that's a, you know, a huge, um, 
you know, huge way that you can speak into their lives. Yeah. Hey, talk about how you've had some intentional conversations with your boys about Christ and yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, um, you know, I, I get, this is probably my favorite story is, you know, both my kids, um, you know, came to Christ in a deer stand. My two older <laughs> boys did, uh, two year old, we're not quite there yet. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, we were, uh, we were just hunting in Kentucky and, um, you know, they've, we've been in church, they've been in Christian school. So, you know, we've had a lot of conversations that kind of built up to that. And, you know, I just, I just asked them, I'm like, Hey, what's, you know, what do you guys believe? Do you believe that Jesus came and died for your sins? I mean, like, just, let's just be honest, open, you know, there's no wrong answers here. And, um, you know, like, yeah. And I was like, so what's, what's stopping you from making that decision now? And they're like, nothing. And, and so we got to pray together in this deer stand. Uh, it was a good thing cause there's nothing else going on, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, I think, you know, even just in the car, you know, mm. sometimes we get caught up and it's like, man, just turn the radio down and talk, you know, and put the screens away. Just do those things. Just be intentional. Um, I think, you know, that you're, you're not going to say anything wrong. It's just it's it's, you know, being prayerful about it and being intentional and, and being deliberate about what you're you know, what you're going to talk about. Mm. Chase, I love that, man. And that's a, that's our role as dads, you know, and and sometimes we'll talk more about baseball or other things yeah. than we will about Jesus. And, and at some point when God, the Holy spirit prompts our hearts to have mm. those conversations with our, with our boys. And there's no greater joy being a dad than seeing your son come to know Christ and, you know, being baptized. And I mean, the life change that happens. There. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, you know, that's as a dad, I mean, I, I don't really know what, what gets any better than that. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. And then you're up there cheering them on the stands now, you know, it's I know all it. a I know different it. level. Right. Hey, talk about what, what encouragement would you give to other men as they try to put Christ first in their, in their family or in their career? Yeah. I, you know, a couple things. One, um, again, it comes back to making sure that you're surrounding yourself with good people, mm. surround yourself in community because it's, you can't do it by yourself. And yeah. that was a mistake. And that was something that I've had, you know, trouble with since I've been done playing is, is really having, uh, some close spiritual friends that one will hold me accountable, but two that I can lean on. Um, so that, so that's one. Um, the other is, is just making sure that you, you, you see the warning lights when things are going wrong that, you know, Hey, I got to be pouring into myself before I can, you know, impact other people. You mm -hmm. know, I, I know that when I get irritable or what, you know, and I'm impatient in those things that, man, you know, that's, that's a red light for me, a check engine light, as Chase would say, <laughs> uh, that, that, man, I got to fill my cup before I can, I can impact anybody else for, uh, you know, for good, because mm. I'm going to impact them one way or the other, you mm. know, if, whether it's good or bad, mm. something's coming out of my cup. And I, you know, I hope more times than not, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's Christ and, and not, not me. Man, I love the way you said that. I'm going to impact them one way or the other. Because I think as men, we sometimes forget that. You know, we, we think the decisions we make just impact us, but they don't. You know, as a man, you're, you're impacting a marriage, you're impacting kids, you're impacting, you know, a community, a workplace. And, and for us to even understand that, you know, I mean, like you said, when you went to the Yankees, there was this different pressure. You know? yeah. But I think as a, as a Christ follower, being a man, you're a spiritual leader, you know, and there is a different pressure. There's different accountability and responsibility. Now we praise God, His grace is enough and sufficient, but man, to step into that and to understand the decisions that we make impact others. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that, to, to just, I, I think you got to embrace it because mm -hmm. that's, that's what we're called for. And mm. um, man, I love my wife, Casey, but she, she will let me know when I'm not being that. And, <laughs> and I'm thankful for that. It's, sometimes it's hard to hear, yeah. um, you know, but she's, uh, you know, she's an incredible woman of God and she's, um, 
you know, she, she has a way of letting me know that, Hey, like this, this is your responsibility. I know I have responsibilities, but this is your responsibility. And, uh, you can, you can do better. Mm. And I'm thankful for that. And that's, like I said, it's, it's hard to hear sometimes, but, um, but we, we need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to thank God for our wives, you know, and Mm. and to celebrate them and to cherish them because we need that wisdom, uh, in our hearts and our lives. Absolutely. Chase, one thing you said earlier too, which I I keep coming back to in my mind is, you know, you said it was always the next level and I always thought the next level was going to satisfy, you know, whether it was, going to Omaha at the University of Tennessee or getting into the minors, you know, or getting called up in the majors or getting to the – and I think for guys, our identity becomes, you know, baseball or our identity becomes our job and our identity becomes our career. And if we don't put our identity in Christ, then we just have to know none of that's ever going to satisfy, you know. And uh, I really appreciate you saying that because I, I, I think there's a lot of guys, all of us, we, we struggle with that, right? So – yeah, how, what would be your your just kind of final challenge, final encouragement to guys as they listen to this? Yeah, I think um, you know as I was looking through some of the questions. I mean, one of the questions that you sent, mm-hmm. you know, in, uh, before was like, hey, "What do you want your legacy to be?" Yeah, and, and I think that's something that we need to be intentional about thinking about because it wasn't something that you sent me, and I was like, "Easy, this is what it is." Um, so. So one, I think it's important to think about those things because that, you know, what, what you want your legacy, what you want your life to be about should drive what your life is about, right? Mm. So for me, uh, the way that I'm wired is I have a very, very difficult time underachieving mm. in anything that I did. And, and one thing that I can say, the, probably the, the, the proudest thing that I could say about my career was I felt like I reached as close to my ceiling as I possibly could. And that wasn't the best player in the major leagues by any mean, but like, I put in the work. I knew that I put in the effort. I gave everything I had, and I feel like I got close to what that ceiling is. You know, in, in, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus talks about, like, to much, uh, whom it, to, to, to much who is given, much is expected. Yeah. And, and that's just something that, you know, I've been incredibly blessed. I was, impressed in, uh, I was blessed with my baseball ability. I was blessed financially. I've been blessed with an incredible family um, with spiritual gifts. I'm like, man, I want to use those. Yeah. I just want to... I want, I don't want to look back, you know, right before I'm done, right before I go see, go see the father and just be like, man, I wish I would have done this, you know? Mm. So I want, you know, I want my legacy is that I used my abilities, my talents, my time, um, to the best of my abilities. And, and, you know, in one stage of my career, I felt like I've done that, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be a man and a, uh, a not baseball player a lot longer than I was a baseball player. So, so there's still a lot of work to do in that area. Wow. What a legacy, man. That, yeah, I mean, that's awesome, you know, that you put in as much effort and energy. And when you see Jesus, you're like, man, I, you know, I, I did it, right? I just reached the full potential of God that you had for me, you know. I love that in Acts, right, where it says David, you know, going back to the Old Testament, served God in his generation, mm. right? You know, he, he fully engaged. And, and I pray that for you. I pray that for me. You know, that's my prayer. I mean, I want to be running in the arms of Jesus saying, I didn't— I, you know, didn't leave anything out. I had nothing left. Yeah, nothing That's left. Right. Red. That's it. Oh, what a legacy. Oh, Praise God. Yeah, Thanks. absolutely. That's where that's where I hope I end up. Like I said, I have some work to do to go there, but yeah. uh, but that's what I would like my legacy to be. Oh, man. And I pray that for every man listening mm. right now. Guys, let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, what? Uh, can you imagine the revival that would come, you know, in, in, in our city, our nation? Uh, guys, we all just lived it out like that. Man, praise absolutely. be to God. So. 
Chase, thanks so much, brother, for, for being here, for sharing your heart. Let me pray for us right now. Absolutely. Oh, Father God, thank you for Chase. Thank you for his life. Thank you for his neighbor invited him to FCA. And who would have imagined, God, what you were starting in his heart there. And uh, Father, to see his career. And, and God, thank you that he used his platform for your glory. And now, God, all that you have that lies ahead for him. And I pray a blessing over him and over his family. And God, I pray for every man, every one of us, God, who are listening right now. I pray that we'd be challenged, that we'd be encouraged, that we'd be intentional to live our lives, God, for you, that our identity would be in Christ, in Christ alone, and, and not in our trophies, not in our accomplishments, not in the next job or next paycheck or next promotion, but in you, Jesus, and that, God, we would live our lives fully for your name and for your glory. And so, God, we right now, we dedicate our lives to you. We know the decisions we make don't just impact us. It impacts our marriage, our kids. Father, generations. And so let us be faithful to you, Father, and live it all for your glory, God. We love you. Thanks for this time. Thanks for Chase. Thanks for men's leadership. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Chase, thanks so much. So good. Wow. And guys, thanks for listening today. Hey, be watching every Friday for the Man Minute. It'll be coming out just to encourage you and strengthen you. And so many great things. If you've missed some of the podcasts, go back and listen. But let's be men after God's heart. And I'm so thankful for each of you guys. So blessings on you and look forward to seeing you next month. God bless. You've been listening to the Men's Leadership Network podcast. We pray what you learned today will be helpful as you strive to become a better leader in your own home, workplace, and community. As always, if you were impacted by today's podcast, we hope you'll subscribe, comment, and share it with others. And be sure to join our email list to ensure you never miss an episode. You can do that now and find all of our past episodes at mensleadershipnetwork.com. We'll be back with a new episode on the first Friday of every month. Thanks for listening.